Uh, hello? Hey, David, buddy. Long time no speak. You know what time it is, man? Yeah, it's work time. What do you call me during work for? Oh, my bad, man, but I kind of figured uh, you'd be pretty busy. We established you're pretty busy after work each and every single day of the week, right? It's like Fab Friday or something tonight. So I figured you got like a cushy desk job. There, you can't be working the entire time. You got uh, There's definitely built-in screw-around time, so I figured I'd give you a shout at work. I'll screw around at work. You better not give my bosses any impression that I don't do any work around these parts. This better not be on your podcast or something. Oh, don't worry, man. At this point, Kenny Hosho is kind of like when a tree falls in a forest. Well, what do you want, man? I got a draft. I mean, I got work to do. Well, you didn't answer my question. You know what time it is? I guess you don't. Let's not get into this. Never mind. I don't want the whole uh, it's work time lecture thing again. It's that time of year again. It's the anniversary of my podcast debut. You know, the podcast you were on. Real Talk with Kenny Ho and David Singh. Oh, you mean the one that eventually became Real Talk with just Kenny Ho? Yeah, I remember that. Well, I don't know. I don't think it's fair to blame me. You're never available to record, you know, with uh, the Winter Wednesdays and such, you know? Priorities, Kenny. Priorities. All right, never mind any of that. But all I'm trying to do, I'm trying to do something special, uh, make it different, you know? And I think it would be real interesting if we threw back and did an episode together. Wouldn't that be pretty cool? Well, what was that? I stopped listening to you. I got, I got, uh, I got some batting averages to check for. What the hell? What? Is that a... Uh softball Sunday thing again. Never mind, you know what? I don't want to know. So what do you say, man? You got some time for me? Can we uh, Can we do an episode? Just throw back. It's not like a long-term commitment. It's just one-off, one episode. I probably won't bother you again for this for another, who knows, five, ten years. Ah, who am I kidding? I'll probably be dead by then. I ain't got time for this, Kenny. I don't have time for your little internet radio show. I don't, I can't believe you're still doing that. Well, I mean, it's kind of the thing that uh, is keeping me alive, you know? It's uh, the one thing uh, that I actually enjoy doing on this wretched planet. Well, somebody's being a drama queen, says the guy who's doing Zumba on Thursdays. What was that? Ah, uh, nothing, nothing. I was, uh, I've got a great itch. I said, uh, I said I got Scratch's itch. Sounded nothing like that. You can't even do that joke right. Only works if you called me a stupid bitch. Here, let's try it, stupid bitch. Now you're supposed to say what- No, I heard exactly what you said. That's just mean, dude. I have feelings. I mean, not nearly as many as I did like five years ago as I'm like dead on the inside at this point. Or at least, unfortunately, not quite. I guess close though. Getting close to being dead on it. But I kind of have feelings still. That's just mean. This is- that is uncalled for. Alright, nobody really cares, but uh, I guess uh, uh, the answer is no. I don't have time to do your little uh, podcast thing. Uh, I've, uh, I've, got, uh, I've got the voice to prepare for. What, like watching the season finale or something? What are you, some sort of ignoramus? That was two weeks ago. And you don't prep two weeks in advance, you prep a year ahead of time. You know how hard it is to put together a proper viewing party of a season finale of The Voice? I don't know, don't you just, like, turn on the TV and watch it? 
Oh, you truly are an uncultured swine, aren't you? All right. No, what I'm talking about is I'm going to meet Adam Levine. I'm going to go in and audition for The Voice. Really? That's huge. Congrats, man. That's amazing. Thank you. I'm extremely excited about it. I'm going to get to meet Adam Levine. Oh, does everybody get to do that? Doesn't he have to, like, like turn around or whatever and go, Yeah, you. I want you on my team. You're pretty confident. I didn't even know you could sing. It's a done deal. It's going to happen. Don't worry about it. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, if you're that confident, I, I guess you, you know what you're talking about. What, what song are you singing? That's, gonna, that's what I'm interested in. You gotta, like, sing, like, moves like Jagger, or... I really can't name any other songs, and the only reason I know that one is because it's on GTA. <sighs> He's such an amateur. Don't be foolish. It's so tacky using the guy's own song. And it doesn't matter what song I'm using. You're losing sight of the point. Point is, I'm gonna meet Adam Levine. Well, I don't know. I mean, don't get me wrong, I am a failed actor, so... I don't know too much about auditions, but I feel like you gotta be good. I feel like that's a thing that matters. In the voice about, it doesn't matter what you look like, doesn't matter how old you are, they want the voice. So I, I, I feel like, now don't take this the wrong way, but I feel like the most important thing in this is what song you're picking and how well you do. It's your performance. I, I don't know. I understand. I understand what you're driving at, but I feel like you gotta get them to turn around, right? Like, if you don't focus on the song, you're, you're going to be like, oh, no, I got to see the chair Adam Levine was in, but he didn't turn around. Well, I suppose everybody gets some wood on the ball eventually. I suppose you have a point here. All right, if you must know, here, let me just play it for you. I was actually listening to it a second ago. Let me play it for you. Oh, man, this is going to be awesome. Damn, this tight. What is this? Well, best of, best of luck with uh, everything and your newfound homosexuality, mostly. Well, we'll talk some other time. Toodles! You know, he ain't gonna like this. Hey. 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 It's showtime. It's showtime. Hey. It's showtime. Nobody in the mainstream can actually say anything, and most people you come across in life are plain old full of crap. This podcast will be a breath of fresh air. Now, you might not like what I have to say, but you know what I have to say is true. You have tuned in to the coolest podcast ever, The Kenny Ho Show, and it is indeed showtime. I have not said those words in a really, really long time. Not going to lie. Had to go back and listen to it. I'm like, oh, didn't I used to do this thing at the beginning of the show? Tried it three or four times. Couldn't figure it out. Went back. Brought it back in. Gotta say, I like it. It's a lot of fun to do. Can't wait until next year when I do it again. That's right. As you heard off the top of the show, it's the anniversary show. I lied. When I said it wasn't going to be a milestone show, it is a milestone show. 150. 
the only reason it's just a coincidence i wasn't going to do a 150 uh, milestone show but it turns out it coincided with the anniversary of me starting my podcasting career yeah, that's why i tell people anyway oh yeah i'm a podcaster it's a promising career it's definitely not a promising anything but i had to do it Mi- gotta mix it up a little bit gotta honor where you came from Unless where you came from really sucks, then you try to forget about that and you move on. Bigger and better things, hopefully. Now, don't worry. This isn't going to be one of those, like, greatest hits episodes. This isn't going to be me looking back and being like, Oh, man, I was so positive back then. I was so full of hope. What the hell happened? Not going to be patting myself on the back being like, Man, this was a solid joke. I'm sure the listener wants to hear it again. If you wanted to hear it again, the library's there. You could always go back and listen again. Oh, but before I get into it, I wanted to do a shout-out. This is the fifth year anniversary of the Kenny Ho Show, and it only took five years for me to get my first iTunes review. And I had to ask for it on the last episode. Nobody gave a rat's ass enough to be like, you know what, I like this show. I listen to it on iTunes. Let me just uh, give it a five-star review, maybe... Get old Kenny some traffic. Now let me do my part in helping this guy not kill himself. But at least my buddy Jeff Vita from the Kung Fu Drive-In podcast was nice enough to be like, oh yeah, I guess I will write him one. And he wrote a nice one. And five stars. Some unsuspecting sap is going to see that five-star review and be like, oh man, this is on the level of Tell Him Steve Dave. This is on the level of the Nerdist. This is on the level of whatever their favorite podcast is, and they tune in, and they are thoroughly disappointed. Come on, don't you want to help me ruin somebody's day? No. You lazy bone. But I can't judge you. Because, I mean, if you're sitting there right now, and you're like, yeah, I guess I was supposed to do that, wasn't I? I probably should do that, shouldn't I? But I'm more than likely not going to do that. If you're thinking that... It turns out you're the perfect fan for this podcast because that's exactly what I would do. I'll let some speaking box tell me what to do with my life. First of all, I don't know how to do that. I'm sure it's not hard. I could probably Google it and figure it out. But I got better shit to do, so I can't judge you. Just, I guess, keep tuning in. I I, I mean, every... I want to say every listener is important to me. Let's face it. I doubt it. I don't even like myself. How much do you think I'm going to like you? What are the chances I'm going to like you? Let's just be honest about that. But back on point, five years. The old Kenny Ho Show has been in existence for five years. And I'm only on episode 150. Most podcasts at this point, what's the math on that? They've cleared like over 250 episodes. I'm 100 shy of where I should be. But I believe I learned from an episode of Barney and Friends that... You shouldn't compare yourself to others. You move at your own pace. And at the time, I was a boy. I'm like, holy shit, that's scary T-Rex. Whatever you want, bro. Whatever you say is gospel. Even to this day, I I wouldn't screw around with Barney the dinosaur. That's like a seven-foot carnivore. And he's a big boy. He's not like a slim T-Rex. He clearly eats people like I eat Big Macs. I ain't screwing with him. I'm not going to compare myself to others. Your word still goes, Barney. But man, I can't believe it's been five years. Five years is a long time. Lots has happened in five years. I remember five years ago, I had hope in my eyes and love in my heart. 
I thought I was going places. I was I was kicking ass and uh, like I was knew I was a good performer. I didn't get the respect that well maybe that I deserved. I hope the talent wise I didn't get the respect I deserved in theater school, but I knew I was good. And I think that was part of why I was treated so and I think that's part of why I was treated so poorly. A lot of you know, it was usually by the less talented people who gave me shit. The people who were pretty good in their own right, for the most part. Some of them I guess. Yeah, they were cool. I knew I was good, and in radio school, that was validated. For the first time in my life, appreciated for, you know, my personality, though I was kind of shitty back then, I was in a bad place, but appreciated for my talent and decent personality when it was decent and not shitty, I suppose. And I really did think, I worked so hard, like by the end, I had this this hacking cough that wouldn't go away, and it turned out it was just stress-induced. I had that cough for six months. They kept giving me higher and higher dosages of uh, cough medication to the point where they're like, Kenny, please, please, please just follow the instructions. Do not take any more than what we're saying is cool. So for I read between the lines. I'm like, because this was what uh, rich white people called recreational drugs. Like it wasn't your, you know, off the shelf cough medication. It wasn't your... Like, this wasn't no Buckley's. You couldn't just pick it off the shelf. Tastes awful, but it works. But what? Not against this shit. Like, this was a I might gonna die type of cough. So they gave me some codeine for it. I'm not into drugs, so I didn't, like, party with it. But I didn't need any of that shit, because the second school ended, the second I left my job. Because between the two, I, w- I had no days off. Between Friday and Sunday, I would work almost 40 hours. And then between Monday and Thursday, I was in school full time. So I was just, and I was working harder than anybody else. I was given assignments that had a two week due date. I'd hand it in in a week. I wasn't like an annoying douchebag keener, but I was a keener. I was working hard, getting stuff done, trying to make a positive impression, but not like in an obnoxious way. Where it's clear, oh, this guy is trying to catch the eye of the teachers. I'll let my work speak for itself. And to the extent of I would hand in work early. Why not? It's not like I have a freaking girlfriend. Although back then, I had some irons on the fire. There was three girls at once where I'm like, damn, I think this is going to happen. I'm going to finally lock me down a baby girl and live happily ever after. But oh boy, did that go sideways in a hurry. They all cut me out. And one of them cut me out like she cut her wrists. And here's the thing. Don't get me wrong. I'm not in, like, good condition now, but I'm in better condition for the most part. I think when I was talking on the last episode or the previous one before then, I was in a pretty good headspace for, like, a month. But I would say, in general, I'm in a better place mentally than I was, like, four or five years ago. It's different now, you know? And maybe why I'm kind of in a better headspace is because things are different now but back then like on paper it's exactly what you want doing what i loved and being appreciated for it and i had and i was totally convinced i was going somewhere that there's no way in hell like sure there was some doubt i had some doubt uh, well, am i really good enough do i have too high of an opinion of myself which today is unheard of my opinion of myself is pretty low it's definitely not too high or maybe it is it's at plus five when it should be at minus five but when i was in radio school i'm like it was clear no my opinion's not too high myself i'm damn good maybe not the best but damn good and deserved a job and thought i was going to get a gig 
gonna finally be in showbiz. And as I said, there were a few girls who I'm like, whoa, these are like super babes and they're into me? Or at least I believe they were into me. Like, holy shit. Love and, you know, finally, you know, finding my tribe, finding, you know, my calling and finding, you know, a dream girl, a, a you know, a girl I thought I was going to spend the rest of my life with. According to Hilary Duff, that's what dreams are made of. I had somewhere I belonged. I had somebody to love. This is what dreams are made of. Oh my God, I was living the Lizzie McGuire dream. Look where I am now. I live in a squalor. There's cockroaches in my apartment. I'm white trash, except for the white part, which according to the new premier of Ontario, is trash. The worst type of trash, non-white trash. Somebody teach me how to tie noose. That be Holy crap. Is that... Oh my goodness. Future Kenny, what are you doing here? How are you still alive? Come on, man, get it together. It can't be that hard to get a gun in the future. You're literally... Time traveling. We still live in Canada. No guns here, man, baby. I mean, we do wuss-ass shit like change the national anthem so that it's gender neutral. But guns, still pretty hard to come by. Still pretty safe in that respect. And fair warning, I know at this time in your life you're not a big fan of gender neutral national anthems. You gotta brace yourself because the flag's about to go gender neutral in about 20 years or so. How the hell do you make a flag gender neutral? And take the stem off. And you still have an off dust? Come on, man. What kind of world is that? I don't want to live in that world. I don't want to live in any world. Hey, you're the soft one who isn't working on being tougher. I should be the one giving you shit, except I can't. Because we ain't tough because you ain't working on it. I'm the result of your negligence. That's deep, future Kenny. With that being said, I'm here to help you put us out of our misery. Does it get that bad for us in the future? I had cardboard for dinner last night. Cooked out of another cardboard box. And the heat was from the kindling of more cardboard boxes. That's some Inception level type of shit going on. Nah, we just have access to a lot of cardboard. We work in a cardboard factory. The robots run a tight ship, but they don't care if they take the faulty cardboard boxes. Faulty? How do you mess up a cardboard box? It turns out we're way more useless than you give yourself credit for. Alright. Here. Here's a pillow. Just do your worst. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Before you do that, I got a few questions I gotta ask you. Can you answer them for me? You don't touch any boobies that you don't pay for, even at my age. And you almost make out with a 7 out of 10 at this party. But then the lights come on, and the sorority sisters realize you were not invited to the party. I don't deserve the pillow. Just, here, take the box cutter. Alright, well, any more questions before I off you? I, I don't know. Does Tiffany Alvord still hate me in the future? No. <gasps> really? She don't know who you are. Oh. Well, I guess it has been 40 years, and that's a long time. No, like, current day you, she's already forgotten. But don't feel too bad. I mean, there's kind of a, you know, silver lining here. I suppose a kind of a win for us. 40 years from now, she's not in show business anymore. YouTube pays nothing for its content. YouTube musicians are a thing of the past. YouTubers who make a living, thing of the past. 
Tiffany Albums, good, but she's no Taylor Swift or Lady Gaga. She doesn't sell enough albums to keep even recording music. So what does she do? Well, she eventually gets pretty desperate, has a sex tape, but loses all of her fans. But we enjoy that tape, right? You're damn right. I still watch it from time to time. I'd watch it all the time if I could afford electricity. But every time I get a chance to be at the public library, you bet your ass it's on. Oh, man. All right, you need to stop talking. This is... I don't like what I've become. Yeah, you're not so great now. You're the guy who's hated by the girl who likes everyone. Dry. I mean, come on. The greatest insult you can suffer an enemy is to simply ignore them. And the amount she ignores you... That's basically receiving the equivalent to a nuclear weapon being launched on you. Holy crap, you're savage. And a poet. And you're in a movie in the next couple of years. Huh. Well, one more thing. When does Star Citizen get released? What, that Ponzi scheme? Never. They make a billion dollars and never release the game. Well, all right. I guess that's enough questions. All right, here we go. Remember, slice down the arms, not across the wrists. We want results, not attention. Not trying to be dramatic. Granted, I still love Cutter Girl, though. I'd be down for that drama. Hey, get over her eventually. All right. And why aren't you stopping me? Why would I stop you? Look at what we've become. Things don't get better. Put me out of my misery. No, this was a test. You're supposed to say, no future, Kenny. Dying is not the way. I want to live. I want to love. Not got a girl. She's ancient history even now. You're supposed to rise above it all. Wait, so you're not ganking me? No. In fact, I'm going to have to go back into our dull, mundane, empty life with shame of what I used to be. Oh, as opposed to the shame that you feel every time you go to the library to watch a Tiffany Alvord dirty movie? I know me. I definitely feel weird about that. I know I'm not going to change. I know it doesn't get better. Those were also tests. I'm very proud of you and your super pessimism. It's true, it never does. But at least you're real. If nothing else, you're a damn realist. Don't worry, younger Kenny. I'm a murder-suicide pact with some people in the future. You'll only have to deal with this bullshit for another 40 years. I'd say best of luck, but I know that's not the life we lead. Toodles. Nope, it don't get any cooler. Well, I was hoping he'd put me out of my misery. Balls. At least he gotta do was like give me a script from the future so I don't have to come up with the you know more material for this episode and uh jokes that I'd know that don't make the world a better place. Makes it worse actually. Oh well say la vie, live for here and now, let's do what we gotta do. Onwards and upwards, let's continue on with the episode. So five years, what Man, that's a long time. I have... I don't know how many things I've done for five years. I guess I've kind of been at my job now for roughly the same time, maybe a little less than five years. But I sure as hell have never been in a relationship for five years. Hell, I haven't even been in a relationship for five months. Like I can't, it's, it's to the point where I could not imagine what that's like. So many people come and go in five years. I suppose the only uh, consistent has been my family. They're the only people I deal with on a regular basis for the past five years. 
Like, I can't even imagine what it's like to have a girl for five years. It's not like, oh, yeah, the longest relationship was three years. That's that's a long time, too. Just you can imagine if it's a bit longer than that. Yeah. Don't have that reference. Don't know what it's like to have a constant rock in your life, to have a source of inspiration, to have love, to be able to go into the world and do what you got to do. And at the end of the night, you come home to a beautiful, smart, witty Caring, kind, intelligent young lady who help you lick your wounds, help to patch you up and get you going again for the next day, re-energized and refocused with a purpose in life, knowing that no matter how horrible your day goes, it's going to be okay when you go home at night because you're going to have someone there who brightens your day. What, what is that like? Never mind five years. What's that like for like a week? What's it like to make plans uh, with your life, with somebody including those plans in mind, and have it actually come true, and not just yet another crack in your psyche, another shameful thing you prefer not to tell people about? All right, enough about me and my, and my farce of a life, or whatever you want to call it. Let's talk about dumb shit that other people are doing. That only on this show do I have the right to judge them for it. First up, five years ago, I was a huge Taylor Swift fan. Huge. Like on this show, we've talked about, you know, Tiffany Alvord getting me through some dark times. But you know what? Probably not to the same extent. Probably not to the same um, number of times that it happened. But Taylor Swift got me through a lot of dark times. Because she's one way on stage, one way through her music. But as a person, she used to be this goofy, lovable, cute girl. But watching, like, compilation videos of, you know, her doing funny, goofy things really put a smile on my face. And, you know, really lifted my spirits, you know, brightened my day. And probably made me a better person. Now, I mean, I remember when she came uh, and did the 1989 tour. I spent, like, over $300 on a pair of tickets to go to her concert and being like, man, if I was at a Blue Jays game, these would be sweet-ass tickets, but it's a concert, so I'm still 50 rows away from the front. So I'm like, next time when she comes, I don't care how much it costs, I'm sitting in the front. But unfortunately, her new album sucks. I'm not spending $700 doing that. Yeah, how many lap dances that is. And she is a different person. Not only does the music suck now. Oh, crap, that's what I should have asked Future Kenny. Does her music get good again? Does she do country again? But I don't need to ask him. I'm pretty sure she will at some point. She's going to be like, oh, let's do a throwback album, y'all. Let's do country. But we know it's fake. But at that time, we all know it's a desperate attempt at resurrecting her career, resurrecting the sales, because she would have pissed away so much of her money doing stupid things like booking the entire hotel and I'm assuming it's a nice hotel. It sounds like a lot of celebrities stay there when they're in town. She booked the entire hotel in Manchester for an entire week because she's got two shows there this week. So she booked it all off. That's just insane. How big is your crew that you need an entire hotel? How big is your ego that you need an entire hotel? I remember back in the day when I first started the show, at least in public, Taylor Swift seemed like, you know, a sweet girl next door, you know, super considerate, just uh, someone I'd like to hang out with. At this point, come on, it's some diva bullshit. 
I don't want anyone in this building who's not me and mine. Now, I understand that. Don't get me wrong. I do understand that uh, to a level. But this is not the type of headline she should be going for. I understand she doesn't really care anymore what people think of her. But you should care a little bit about what your super fans, or at least former super fans, think of you. Do not alienate me and people like me any further. Goddammit, rent a floor if you need but not an entire hotel. And make sure you do it on the down low. If you do need some space to yourself, do it, but do it quietly. Everyone thinks you're a Beyonce wannabe diva bitch at this point with horrible music. Shit like this proves them right. Another blast from the past, Brian Colangelo, former general manager of the Toronto Raptors. Out of all the GMs we've had in the city, he's definitely by far my favorite one. Why? Because he always struck me as a suave Italian gangster, a mobster. Just look at him. Just Google him. Look at a picture of him. And if I was like, that guy? He's killed like 15, 20 guys in his day. Not like serial killer style, but they couldn't keep their mouths shut, so he had to make them pay. You'd buy it, right? And out of the blue, his first year here, we got the first overall pick in the NBA draft. And everybody knows the NBA is the most crooked-ass, corrupt league. Well, outside of uh, the Olympic Committee and FIFA. But North America, out of the three big sports, they're definitely number one in the most corrupted sons of bitches. They're the only league who openly admits that stars get preferential treatment. So I've always been under the impression that Colangelo... He made some things happen. He pulled some deals, made some deals to get us the number one overall pick. Bare minimum, either the commissioner or the guy in charge of the lottery balls woke up one morning with a horse head in his bed with a note with a Raptors logo header saying number one overall on it. This guy has always been a badass to me. Well, up until like last week. Did you hear about this? This guy had a bunch of troll accounts a bunch of fake twitter accounts that he used to give his own players shit to leak information about the 76ers the team he's in charge of that nobody else would know and to make it even worse to top it all off all of it had password recovery to his email and cell phone that is not a gangster a true gangster would bare minimum use a burner phone or pay a hobo to set up a phone, an email that he could use. Anything other than creating a situation where, with the slightest bit of investigative journalism, your entire world's gonna fall apart. How hard is it to set up a fake email account that's not with your actual name? I can tell you, if I'm gonna come up with a troll account, it sure as hell's not gonna link up to the Kenny Ho Show in any way, shape, or form. Probably the Kenneth Holt Show. You bet your ass I'm going to make a fake email account with the most generic white man name I could come up with. So nobody will be looking towards me. Nobody will be looking at me. And why the hell are you using cell phone password recovery on a troll account? I don't even use cell phone password recovery on my actual accounts. And to top it all off, to make him even less of a gangster, he throws his wife under the bus. He's like, no, these these don't belong to me. It belongs to my wife. She's the one making all these tweets. Oh my goodness, dude. If you did it, be man enough to admit to it at least. Like, okay, part of me respects him. I'm like, take that woman. Take that property. 
He's using her as a shield because he knows he can just go replace her. Part of me loves him. Part of me, this guy's my hero. But the other part of me who grew up idolizing this guy's like, ah, you piece of shit. You're worse than I am. You're dumber than I am. Like, why would you do anything to jeopardize your super rare job? There's only 30 of them. It's a dream job. You're running a basketball operation. You're running a basketball team. I'd kill for that job. I don't even do shit to risk my entry-level job. Makes no goddamn sense. None of it makes sense. I'm out of here. All right, that's it. That's episode 150. The anniversary episode of the Kenny Ho Show. I hope you liked it. I know as a little self-indulgent, I'd rambled on there for a bit. But I'm pretty sure there was a couple good jokes to be had. That's all one can expect from the podcast you listen to. Couple good jokes. A better podcast will have more than that, but you're not listening to a better podcast now, are you? All right, until next time, you take care of yourself. We'll talk next week. Throwback, Lindsay Fonseca. I hope you're listening, and I hope you're impressed. Toodles!